Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to part three of our Encountering God series. Over the last couple of weeks, what we've been doing is we've been exploring some stories where God showed up in extraordinary ways and reshaped and redefined the lives of some Bible characters. And what our prayer has been through this series is that God, as we go into this new normal, this new season, whatever it looks like on the other side of, of the beginning of 2020, God, we want you to meet us, encounter us, and reshape and redefine our lives moving forward. Because we're in a really unique season and a unique time where I believe that God wants to do something extraordinary in your life. And so this week as I was preparing, I really started to think about relationships. And last week we traveled back in time to 605 BC and we were looking at King Nebuchadnezzar and his interaction with some Bible characters. But this week I just want you to go back maybe a couple years maybe a couple of decades for some of you, and go back to your dating days. You remember those days, right? Remember first dates where you would, it was so awesome and it was so awkward at the same time and it was, it was a lot of fun, there's a lot of energy, so much nervousness and, and you check your deodorant about 50 times because you're like stress sweating and you just don't know what's gonna happen and you, you hope they're cute and you hope they're nice and you hope there's some potential there. And then maybe that first date is going really, really well. And you're, you're talking with each other and you're talking about where you grew up and your job and maybe your hobbies. And it's, it's all good. And you get to the end of the night and maybe you get a little kiss goodnight. And it's like, oh, when can we see each other again? I can't wait to be back together. How about tomorrow night or how about next weekend? And then you go on that second date, that third date. And things start to get a little bit deeper and, and you're, you're talking through maybe your family. Because you know deep down your family's pretty crazy and you're just hoping maybe theirs is too. And then you find out that they are and you're like, man, if they ever meet each other, oh, at least they'd, we, we'd understand each other. And, and you just start connecting there. And then maybe what happens from there is you, you finally become like Facebook official. Or you, in your bio on Instagram, it's like in love with at Danny Henderson, right? And it's just this like this official moment that we are now a real couple, a real relationship. Back in my day, it was MySpace, right? In MySpace, you could decorate your page. You can, I'm in a relationship with so-and-so and have our song underneath it. MySpace was a jam. I'm just telling you, you guys just missed it out that are a little bit younger than I am but it becomes official. But some point, we've all faced this in a relationship. Maybe you start to go a little bit further down the road of conversation. You start to be transparent. You start to share some things about yourself. You start to ask some deeper questions. And you're going down this beautiful path of everything's going awesome. And all of a sudden you start going down a road of conversation and poof, you're head first into this invisible wall of, no, 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 I'm not gonna talk about that. No, I'm not gonna go down that road. No, I'm not gonna talk about my parents. No, I'm not gonna talk about that portion of my life. 
and you're like, whoa, where did, where did that come from? Where did that just invisible wall? And maybe for you, it was, it was the first time that you started talking about marriage and it was like a five alarm fire went off and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, was, just, I was just saying like, maybe one day we get married and that, that other person freaks out. Or maybe you start asking some deeper questions and they just shut it down. They get distant. They stop talking. And in your mind, you're thinking, if we, if we can't like talk through these things, if we can't like interact about these, if, if we can't go deeper, I don't, I don't know how far this relationship can actually go. Because the reality is that chemistry is awesome and laughter is, is fun and, and adventurous dates, they're awesome. But if there's a wall where we can't kind of like go past it and actually dig into some real life things with each other, I'm not really sure that chemistry and fun and adventure and, and you're cute and I'm cute and all that, that at some point, those things aren't enough to just to lead to love. We have to be able to deeply and intimately connect with one another in order for us to get to that level. And it's this beautiful thing of how we're wired, how God wired us, is that we can't actually force someone to love us. We can force them to respect us. We can force them to obey us. We can definitely force people to fear us. But we can't force someone to love us. That's a, a mutual agreement with each other that we're willing to go to that level. And as I was reading the Bible story for this week, it reminded me of that with, with God. Because the truth is, it's, it's the same thing with God. And, and you and I have a, a pretty easy time believing that there's, there's some greater force. Even those of you who don't believe in, in Jesus, like you, you can kind of get behind the idea like there's, there's possibly something bigger. And for those of us who are Jesus followers, we believe that God is all powerful and he's all knowing and, and he, can, he was there in the beginning. He's going to be there at the end. And it's like, OK, I, I can't understand it all, but like I can get behind that. Like there has to be something bigger. But what's amazing about God is as powerful as he is, as much as he's the creator of all things, he made a choice that he wasn't going to force us to love him. Because just think about it. If you're in a relationship and someone is forcing you to love them in 2020, we'd call that abuse. And so God, God, as great and powerful as he is, he gives us an invitation to love. He doesn't force it. And when we think about this, it's important for us to ask this question of ourselves. You see, you and I love the idea of God in a relationship with us. But if we're honest, more times than not, we settle for religion. We love the idea of, oh yeah, I love God and he loves me and it's, it's all good. But we're the ones who put up those invisible walls in front of God. God is pursuing us. God is wanting that deeper, more intimate relationship with us. And all of a sudden he starts to meddle somewhere that we don't want to really give him access to. And then boom, those walls go up. Oh, no, 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 God, I can handle that on my own. God, that's, this part, part of my life, I'm going to handle it. And what happens is that we settle for religion 
rather than embracing a relationship. And what religion just simply means that you and I, we, we try to do the right things. We try to say the right things. We try to have the right morals. We try to live a good life in order for God to bless us. It's a transactional relationship where I do something good, then God, you do something good for me. God, I obey this command and then you, you're supposed to do something awesome for me. God, I have good morals and a good life and good ideas. And I just want you to bless these things that I want to do. And, I, and I'll do my part for the most part. But like this relationship thing where like you have full access to me and, and I have full access to you. And like we actually like date and like spend time with each other and, and have conversation with each other. Man, I don't, I don't know if, if I can go there. You see, we respect God. Maybe some of you fear God, but not all of us embrace this idea of having intimacy with God. And that brings us to this incredible story in Exodus and where we meet the Bible character, Moses, and just for a little bit of, of backstory on Moses, Moses was actually, actually a Hebrew boy. And at the time, he, the, the Hebrews were living in Egypt in slavery. And Pharaoh uh, decided that he wanted to kill all the baby boys in the Hebrew nation. And so his mother actually hides him in a basket. She sends him up a river. And Pharaoh's daughter, of all people, is the one who finds him. And they actually raise him in Pharaoh's palace. It's an amazing story. And what happens is eventually Moses can't take it anymore. His people, they're, they're being abused and they're being broken. And one day he kind of snaps and he actually murders an Egyptian. This is Moses, the Bible character that you've maybe heard of before. He murders an Egyptian. He runs out into the wilderness. He lives there for 40 years. And you may be familiar with the story of, of God coming to him in a burning bush. And he says, Moses, I'm sending you back to Egypt and I want you to go back and rescue my people. I want you to pull them out of slavery. So Moses goes back and, and we're, we're zipping through a whole lot of stuff here. But Moses goes back and, and he and Pharaoh have their like duel and God wins and Pharaoh lets the people go. And they head out across the Red Sea. God parts the water. Amazing, amazing things. So here Israel is. They're waiting to go into this promised land that God had offered them. And they are just doing dumb thing after dumb thing after dumb thing. And God has had enough. Check out what he says in Exodus 33, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up out of the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Ites, the Ites, the Ites, the Ites. Verse 3, go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. God, God is playing the role of like that exhausted parent, right? If you do that one more time. I cannot be held accountable for the whooping you're about to get. Like, right? Like you, you just, you can see God. He's like, I can't take you people anymore. 
you just keep doing dumb thing after dumb thing. So here, here's the deal. I'm going to clear the path. I'm going to knock out all the enemies for you. I'm going to send you into the land I promised you, but I'm not going with you. I just, I, I can't be around you anymore. You go ahead and just, and just get out. Just go, just go. I need a minute. And it's an important question for you and I, because it's, it's, it's this really interesting proposition that God gives them. And he gives it to us as well. Would you be willing to have success in your life if you didn't have God with you? In other words, if God like came into your life, he cleared the path, he he opened up opportunities for you to be able to live out your dreams and live out what you want to accomplish. But the only caveat is that God was not going to be a part of your life. Would you take that deal? Would you take success if you could leave God behind? That's a challenging question because we're all driven by having success and wanting our dreams and and wanting our aspirations to come true. And, And here God is saying you can have that or you can have me. Which one do you want? And it's something that you and I have to wrestle with because many of us, we try to live our lives chasing after success without God. And we don't understand why it feels empty. And God's going, because you're doing it without me. Here, God is offering this to the Israelites. Just go, just go. I'm not going with you, but I'll set you up for some success, but I'm out. Thankfully, even though they were dumb and kept making mistakes, this time they got it right. And they said, no, 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 God, no, you have to go with us. So we jump into verse 12 of Exodus 33. It says, one day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. Verse 13, if it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy that favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And what Moses is saying to God here, he's like, listen, listen, listen. I appreciate your words of affirmation. I appreciate you saying that you love me. I appreciate that you have, you're saying I have special favor and all this. But all this talk about you leaving, no, I'm not cool with that. Like, are you coming with me or are you not coming with me? we, We are not playing these games. I don't need you to talk nice to me. I need you to be with me. The Lord in verse 14 replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine. Moses wasn't satisfied with that. Verse 15. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. I love this verse right here. 16. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your look at this. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth earth. Man, I love that. Moses says, God, it's your presence that makes us stand out. God, it's your influence in our life that makes the nations sit back and go, wait a minute, there's something different about them. It isn't our size. It isn't our sheer numbers. It isn't our army. It isn't our music. It isn't our talents. It isn't our looks. It isn't how smart we are. It isn't how brilliant we can strategize. It isn't about what I bring to the table, God. 
if your presence doesn't go with me, ain't nobody going to know that I'm any different from anybody else. Man, what would our life look like if we embrace God's presence that way? God being in your presence, God having your presence redefines how people see me. Man, that's so strong. That's so strong. In the New Testament, we would see how this happened with the disciples as Jesus died and he rose again and he, he went back to heaven. The disciples went out spreading the word about his name. And, and when they would come before these religious leaders who had been studying the law and studying church and studying religion for their entire lives, these uneducated men who were fishers before would stand before them and speak God's truth. And they would go, it is evident you've been with Jesus. It is abundantly clear that you are a different person because you've been with Jesus. I wonder what would happen in our lives if that started to happen. Verse 17, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for I, because I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Again, this is similar to what God was saying with, with Jacob. It wasn't that God was saying, hey, I, I know your name. It's Moses. I, I remember that time. No, he's saying, hey, we're good. I see you. I affirm you. We're in a relationship like our relationship status on Facebook, Moses, it's all good. You and me are together. He's confirming this. And then Moses does something crazy. Verse 18, Moses responded, then show me your glory. Show me your glory. That's a huge thing that, that Moses is asking and it's an important thing to, to recognize within his life because Moses wasn't satisfied with a yes, God, you're going with me. Moses wasn't satisfied with, OK, you're keeping your end of the promise like we're still going to be able to go into the promised land. OK, God, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're, you're looking on me favorably and, and life is going to be good. All of that's not good enough. God, I want more. And you know what I want more of? I want more of you. Moses didn't say, give me more wisdom, give me more direction, give me. More. He says, no, 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 God, I want more of you. Show me your glory. Show me your ways. Teach me who you are. I want to intimately, intimately know you. And the truth that you and I have to wrestle with is that we have to stop pretending like we want to be in a relationship with God when reality, so many times we're just looking for his blessing. That's a challenge for us. Moses goes, okay, cool. Thank you for your blessings. God, I want you. Like, I I'm so glad you said yes. I'm so glad you're coming with us. I'm so glad this is going to work out. But God, can I have more of you? Can I get to know you deeper? Can, can we spend some more time? Will you show me your glory? Verse 19, the Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and I'll call out my name Yahweh before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. Verse 20, but you may not look directly at my face for no one may see me and live. You will die if you look at me. The Lord continued, look, stand here on this rock and my glorious presence will pass by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. I like to think about this 
as you know, when a jet kind of flies by and you hear that roar, you hear the rumble, and then you go outside and you look up and you can see that like the smoke that's just left in the sky behind it. I feel like that's what God did with Moses. He's like, hey, I'm going to pass by. I'm going to rumble past you. and You can't look at it directly or you just die. You can't handle it. But you can see the after effects of my glory pass in front of you. And an incredible thing happened. It changed him. It, the, the, later on in the Bible, we see where his face was radiant and shining. He had to put a veil over his face because of this encounter that he had with God. His hunger, his desire for God drove him to this point that even having God's blessing wasn't enough. It wasn't about that. He wanted more of God. You see, Moses understood something, that there is a difference between God's presence and God's glory. I like to describe it as God's presence is that everyday time with you, that everyday connection. But God's glory is those extraordinary moments where God shows up and it, you cannot stay the same. And that's what, what Moses was asking for. He's like, God, you've been with me, but I want even more. I want something deeper. You see, in Scripture, when God's glory showed up, nothing remained the same. Nothing could stay the same way. It absolutely changed. And the question that you and I have to ask ourselves is, God, am I settling for a religion? God, am I settling for a religion and just pretending like it's a relationship? When someone asks, are you, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church and, and I pray every once in a while. And, and, and yeah, 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 I, I believe in all those. I believe in all those things. That's cool. Believing in something. I, I believe in marriage, but it doesn't make me a good husband. I can believe in being a good father, but it doesn't make me one. You and I can believe in God. We can believe in him wanting to be in this relationship with us rather than in a religion. We can believe that all day long. It's a completely different story than us actually being in it. You and I have to ask ourselves, are we pretending like there's something here? Right. You, you've had that, those friends that they live together and they they pretend like they're married and they act like everything's the same. And, you know, deep down inside there's a different level when there's a ring on that finger, like everything changes. You can pretend and you can live with each other and you can have all those things and think that it's a marriage. But it's a whole different ballgame when that commitment and that relationship comes into play. Are we are we in a legitimate relationship with God? Are we are we just settling for some good to do's and don'ts? Are we settling for, God, I, I want to do the right thing so you'll bless my life. God, I want to I just make sure that we're good. I want to just make sure that I'm going to heaven. God, I just want to be a good person. God's like, that's, that's all good. That's cool. But do you know that I want to be in a relationship with you? I want to be intimate with you. I want, I want the depth of who we are to just connect in a way that it never has before. And as we go into this season, guys, we, we can't just keep pretending to be in a relationship with God. We will cave under the pressure of life if we're not in a legitimate relationship with him. 
as we close this out, if, if we want to experience God in a unique way, if we want to see him in the fire, if we want him to reshape and redefine our future, if we want to see those principles in our life push us past the pressure, if we want to do those things, it requires a legitimate relationship. It requires us to go, God, I'm not satisfied with your blessing. I won't be satisfied until I have you. Moses was not satisfied with God giving him yeses. It wasn't about more yeses and more blessings and more provisions. It was about God, can, can I get to know you a little bit more? And that completely changes our lives. And this week, as I've been praying for you to have these encounters with God, I actually had one. It's, it's important to me that, that I'm not just preaching things and not actually living it out. And I don't have time to unpack all that happened, but it was this extraordinary moment with the Lord. Where he just dealt with some deep things inside of me that I, I needed him to show up. I needed him to lift some weight off of me. I needed him to just allow me to be in his presence, to feel his glory, to feel the world around me stop and him speak. And what he showed me is this important picture in my mind. It's like I could see it in my mind as I was praying. And it reminds me a lot of, of those old like Roman warrior movies, like Gladiator, 300, not so much, but like Gladiator and, and just the Troy is a good one. These movies where a lot of times you'll have these two armies and somewhere in there, you have the leader of the, the good guys or the leader of the underdogs and then the leader of the bad guys or the guys that you really don't want to win. And they're just going at it. They're going at it. And then the camera pans in and those two leaders are fighting each other and everyone's just surrounding them. And the underdog leader eventually defeats him. And you can just see it inside of the people, inside the other soldiers. The one that their leader lost, they begin to shrink and shrivel and they turn and run. And the one whose, whose team actually won, their, their leader actually won, there's this juice that comes up in them and they just charge. And while they were weak before, now they have some strength. And God was just showing me in my mind that in your spiritual life, in the spiritual battle that you're walking through, that when you allow the space between you and God to get thin, heaven roars. The angels in heaven, they lean forward. They begin to charge because you and I live our lives as if we're the underdogs in a fight, just hoping we might win. And God's going, who do you think I have behind you? Who do you think is, is with you in this fight? And when you and I get close to God, when we let the space between us grow thin, the heavens begin to shake. The confidence in the spiritual impact that we have absolutely changes. And we start to drive forward in our lives as if we have the authority that God gave us from the time that Jesus died on the cross. And you and I have an opportunity to live with power and authority and with strength. And we cower because we let the space between us and God grow and grow and grow. And we feel weaker and we feel impossible. But when we let that space shrink, when the space between us is thin, like we talked about with that wrestling, when we are intertwined with God, 
When we say, God, I want you, I want you, I want you. I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go until I have more of you. God, I'm not moving from here. When that happens, the surge in the spirit, the surge in our soul, the surge in everything that's around us absolutely changes. You want to know why your fear keeps winning? You want to know why you just feel overwhelmed by this? Because the space between you and God has gotten further than it needs to be. When that space is thin, the heavens roar, the ground thunders, and the enemy realizes, I can't trick them anymore. I can't deceive them anymore. You and I have an opportunity in this season, guys, to embrace and encounter God. And when we do that, it changes everything. Please, I beg you, don't continue to embrace and be satisfied with religion. This relationship that God is calling to you is a real deal, and we can lean into that. If we wanna see God's glory and his presence in our life, we have to make the decision to choose a relationship rather than just religion. For those of you, maybe you haven't made that decision. Maybe you're, you're thinking to yourself, this, this all sounds good and, and I've been trying to have success on my own. I've been trying to do it. And maybe that's the piece that I've been missing is that I've been doing it without God. And you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is the, the time that the tide begins to turn in the battle of your life. It's this significant moment that when you allow God to come near to you, the fight changes, the perspective changes, the way that you live life changes, and you start to see his hand at work in your life. We start to see God show up strong, and it's simple. It's not an easy thing to live out, but it's a simple decision. A decision to simply say, God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my fears. I surrender everything that I have to you. I give you access. God, I pray that the space between us would grow thin. And that as I make that decision to put my life and my trust in you, as I repent and I turn away from the life that I've been trying to live without you, that as that happens, the heavens roar and my life is forever changed. A prayer that says, God, I surrender it all to you. I want you to be the leader of my life will change your life forever. Come on church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in your name that you would just draw us close to you, God, that you would just raise up a people, that you would raise up a church, God, that will not settle for religion, that will not settle for just asking you to bless us, will not settle for just yeses, yes to this plan and yes to that plan and, and help with this and blessings here. God, let us be a people who are passionate and have an insatiable desire for you, that as we draw close to you that will see our lives change, that we encounter you. God, that they, I pray that people will have the experience that I had this week with you, where you just, you were there in the depths of my soul and the things that I didn't even know that I was struggling with and things that I needed to share and the things that I needed to hear from you. God, you spoke them into my spirit.
God, do that for every person who's hearing these words right now. God, let us open our hands, open our hearts, open our lives and trust you to do what only you can do. God, we won't settle for religion. We want a true relationship with you. We don't want to just speak about it. We want to be about it, God. Meet us where we are, God. Strengthen us and draw us close to you in this new season. We pray all of this in your strong and your mighty name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.